This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Rana here with some fabulous news. Tickets are now on sale at AskRanaLive.com for our second annual Live from the Carriage House Lonely Hats edition. We can't wait to spend Valentine's with you. The event will be Saturday, February 12th at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, whatever time that is in Australia. And we have so much fun stuff planned. We can't wait. Uh, so send us your questions, comments, etc. at askrana at gmail.com so that we have them for the special. And for our Patreons, pardon me, our CHIPs, of course, have to get something a little extra. Uh, we have a fabulous private viewing suite for all of our CHIPs. If they want to join, go to patreon.com slash askrana and all the details are there on how to sign up so you can watch with the other CHIPs in a special, excuse me, super exclusive viewing suite. All right, dears, we absolutely cannot wait. Askranalive.com. Ah, and I nearly forgot. You can also sign up for an exclusive meet and greet with Rana and Brian this year. We're not doing any of the or. So askbrownalive.com. We absolutely cannot wait. For those of when you I'm who don't know, my button. For when those I'm about of you, to hit my button, I know, Ron. It throws that me hits off too. my button. Okay. Okay. It pushes He's pressing my button. your buttons. He's pushing your button. That's what it is. That's He's exactly pushing your right. Buttons. He and pushes the button, then it pushes my buttons, and I don't like it. I don't like. I don't like it either. For those of you who don't know, on Zoom, a, a little lady comes on after someone presses Zoom record, and she says "recording in <laughs> progress," so that everyone we don't knows. know how little she is. In my head, she's kind of little. Like a little pocket, like a cuckoo clock. Sort of, but like small but mighty. Okay. Yeah, like yeah. a cuckoo clock. Yeah, like yeah. a little figurine. Boop, boop, recording. And then she goes exactly. back into her little world. Yeah. It's like she, in Toy Story, she'd be a really old school toy yeah. that only that only talks like that and says that. And they're like, oh, she's from like the 1940s. Yeah. yeah. She's an old toy of, a, you know, the, all those children's toys of, of phone operators. She's one of those. <laughs> <laughs> Rana, how are you? Uh, I'm okay. You know, I was only okay. And then my mood was completely lifted this morning because I did. When I Emma, came on? No, oh. that too. Wait, yes, oh, yes. Thank you, Rana. Thank you. Uh, I did Emma, or Emma, as you know her. 
Emma Erd. Emmer. Emmer. Emmer Erdbrink. Emma Erdbrink. Uh, posted this morning about her brother, Michael. Wonderful. Who is absolutely a complete delight. Whenever she posts about her brother, I get so excited because he's so sweet. You can see it brimming out of his smile. Partner. Totally. Her brother, Michael, is a special. And I can't think of a better sister than Emma, by the way. Oh, Even just in my fantasy, she's got it together. Yeah. She knows she knows which direction to push you in, you know? She she is just well, she's look, if she's anything of like a sister as she is on this podcast, you couldn't ask for a better person. Emma is the person that edits our podcasts together, makes them sound terrific, and makes uh, them gets them out the door and she's fantastic. She's like human lightning. We share custody of her with the Doe boys. We do. And about 37,000 other people. But we do. But we don't talk about them. Her brother is a yeah. special Olympian. Yes. And I mean that. He has been doing it since he was 10. He's 32 years old. Unbelievable. And every year, he's part of the Special Olympics of New Hampshire. That's where they hail from. Sure. Uh, though they're in Maine for the COVID quarantine. And she and her boyfriend, pardon me, moved to Maine to be with her brother, because she knew that he wasn't going to be able to go to any of his programs and whatnot during the COVID. So anyway, every winter he does a polar plunge. Okay. Love this. You know, like a polar beer club. Sure, sure. And this year they decided they're going to do it with him. And so what they're asking, because people can't gather, they're asking people to do their polar plunge wherever they are. Got and it. so they're going to do it in Cannabunkport, Maine, pardon me, uh, right into the excuse ocean. Excuse me, Bush. Yeah, forget George about Bush. it. George Bush. Well, he's dead now. Barbara's dead too. They're all dead. Everyone died. Well, not George W. Bush. That's true. But you know, he's not in Cannabunkport. You know, funny. I saw a glimpse of a clip of the Today Show today. And if Jenna Hager doesn't have her father's face, I don't know she whose does. face she has. She absolutely does. Yeah. And Barbara looks yeah. nothing like him. But yeah. Jenna Bush looks exactly like She's her a father. total Bush, yeah. Totally. Anyway, if they go to Emma Tree... Okay, that's her Instagram, and they can get it off of I. We'll put a link up on our link tree. But T R E E, or like how Joe Judice used to call Teresa Tree. <laughs> hey, Tree. As in an actual tree, not a okay. tree, not Teresa. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> if they go to at Emma Tree, they'll be able to donate from there. But the link is fundraising.sonh, that's Special Olympics, New Hampshire. Okay. Dot org slash fundraisers slash Camp Chula, C-H-U-L-A. Cute. And they can donate and support the Special Olympics. They're going to do a video and it's going to be fabulous. And I'm just so proud of her and proud of him. Doesn't you've never Chula seen a cute? smile like this guy. He writes, he lights up the, the whole place. He totally changed my mood today. I love it. Yeah. And also, by the way, people people on this show know how to come through for other people. I, excuse me. I saw Phoebe Cookies. The cookie-omit is out of she control. She basically <laughs> blasted off to the stratosphere with yeah. these numbers. What the is numbers she look at good, right Rana. Now? The numbers look good. How do the numbers look? How do the numbers look, yeah. Brian? Do a little quick math. Tell me how She did look. like 1,000. I mean, she was like – her goal was like 200, and I think she ended up going well past that, almost to like 1,000. Why are you acting like it's over? Yeah, acting like it's, it's not. Over. It's not over yet. She has to donate cookies. She has to deliver her cookies in match so people can still buy them. And I should have said, sorry, Michael's doing his polar plunge in February. So people have to get on that right now. Sure. The other thing I want to talk about is what people really need to sign up for. 
Uh, uh. They can go to Ask Ron Alive. We're doing our Lonely Hearts Carriage House Club again this year. It's our second annual. I can't wait. I truly cannot wait. It's official. We're in love with the audience and with each other. So please come join us. (laughs) It's going to be wonderful. People had such a good time. And we're going to be doing our meet and greets again this year. If I'm not mistaken, I think we're meeting and greeting together this year. Oh, because you guys felt sorry for me? People felt a little sorry for you. So they decided to, to totally adjust the technology so that you would have as Last many meet and year, greets as I did. Rana had about 4,000 meet and greets. And I had, I think, maybe seven. Well, Brian didn't mind because he was in his PJs and eating bonbons by 9.15. And it's I true, was just working clawing my arms so nervous. Night. Yes, like one of Santa's helpers. And I still had to split the money with him. So I don't know <laughs> what to say about it. <laughs> that is true. Uh, so anyway, please Ask go to askronalive.com. It's going to be February 12th, February 13th, the Super Bowl. So we couldn't do it that night unless we wanted to do counter programming. And that was just a little too much for me. Sure. Uh, so February 12th, we hope you'll join us. We cannot mm-hmm. wait. We're going to have games, prizes, this, that. It's going to be fabulous. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we absolutely can't wait. More details to follow. And of course, all of our, uh, Instagram uh, and there may even be a very special thing for the Patreons, which my understanding, I'm going to say it and they can cut it out if it's not true. Oh my gosh, Ron. This new company that we're doing it with, which is why it took us a little time to announce it because we had to make sure Sachs. everything was totally, yeah, totally on the up and up. Uh, don't worry. It's not, Kamara Lee Simmons' husband has nothing to do with it. Zero. Yeah. You know, he got in trouble for currency speculating in Malaysia or something like that. I didn't know that. Yeah. Boy, she knows how to pick them. She does. (laughs) Well, they can all afford her. You know, that's quite a closet. That's true. Uh, But in any event, uh, my understanding is we can put together a breakout room. It's a view. You know what? I'm going to get this all wrong. No, that's fine. I'm going to get it wrong and we're going to cut it. Yeah. You can now, with this new technology, you can watch with other people. Trick cool. understand? Yes, you can have like a watch party. You can have a watch party. Yeah. And so for the Patreons, we're going to let them have a, their own watch party. I love this. I'm going to cut this. Because by the I'm, way, that's a big, that's by the way, true. because that's family in the Patreon. Yeah. Yeah, I don't even know whether I said what I said was true, but I'll put it no, in the top makes of the sense. show explaining it correctly. Uh, so listen to me. We have such a fabulous guest today. Uh, he has a real innovator, Rana. Huge fan of the show. Is it true? Not only that, you want to talk about a Patreon. You want to talk about a self-starter. This guy is out of control. He really is. And this guy is like hip to the tricks. What is happening? I don't know. Just that he has this like <laughs> ear on the ground of the shake ups uh-huh. It's it's like <laughs> it's like he's like <laughs> he's a disruptor. Yeah, he's got like he's swinging that hula hoop all over town. <laughs> I think what you're trying to say is he's he is an innovator. He comes up he's with cool. his own stuff, yes. and he keeps it. He's always got another idea. He's a real idea guy. He is to he the is. degree that, in fact, my understanding is he now has a movie. Padme. Oh starring, yeah, starring your dear friend Augie. Augie. I yeah. know. Rana, 
We've never had Augie or Jeffrey on here, I noticed. No, we haven't. We need to get them on. What have they got against us? They can't fucking stand us. Rana, I just want to say that any yeah. innovation or any idea he comes up with on this show is technically ours. Absolutely no question about it. Okay, because like I'm not going to deal with any co- sort of like dispute no. about that. No, we can't. We no. own everything that happens. Anything on happens on this show. Somebody announces their own TV special, their own movie. We get a piece of it. He better not talk about his work, or actually he should talk about his work. Yeah, I hope he does so we get a piece of it. You look gorgeous today, Rona. Do you think so? I think I, I look a little all a little gray or a little No, blue. I do. I look very drawn. But oh, I you, think you look warm and, and cozy. You look nice. You have a nice yellowy, rosy pink tone to you. You look fabulous. I well, think I'm I look in, like, like the, the ki- witch from Narnia. I'm in like the, the kitchenette today. By the way, this isn't even the kitchen in the carriage house. This is like the office. That looks kitchen. a little bit like the lobsterman's boat to me. I'm not gonna, you know. I asked you before we got online where you were, and you told me in the kitchen, and I said that's not a view I'm familiar with. I'm on. I am. I am on the boat. That looks right a now. little bit like a boat to me, or maybe an apartment in Winthrop. I don't really know what, or a two-family house. I don't really know what I'm looking at. It but. was a wild night, Rana. I mean. Okay, that's plenty. I don't even know how many. Don't bother. You don't it's have, unbelievable you don't what have things to. can become you don't have when to. you really you don't have to feel, tease into them. You, uh, you, you have, your life is your own. Your private life is your own. Do not feel you have to. And some people stay wetter than others. It's Just unbelievable to me, the human body. don't feel that you have to. Do okay. not feel. Oh, there was a woman involved? No, 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 no. This was sort of like, you know, basically- when you use lube, I think sometimes some people- Absorb it more than others. Yes. I do. Great to know. I do. Yeah. And he caught a fish and we ate it. I thought you were talking about a juicy tush is what I thought you were talking that's, about. Yeah, that's sort of what I am talking about. <laughs> yeah. And he caught a fish and we ate it. He, we did. All right, dear. Look, Adam Tots is here today. Adam Ellis. I can't wait to meet him in the flesh. Let's bring so him in, Don. Let's do it. Now, wait a minute. Rana, this is amazing. Yeah. On this show, we often talk about people turning lemons into lemonade. Yeah. Or lemonade into lemons. Is that what we usually say? Everyone's trying to make great situations even worse. (laughs) This is the classic lemonades into lemon. Yeah. No, for real. Now, I don't know. Have you been on this Instagram account? This is pretty fantastic. Well, only recently I have. And it honestly, it makes me feel less afraid. It makes me feel less nervous about approaching stuff like this. Isn't that such a, that is such a good point. This to me is the ultimate version of take something you love, figure it out, turn it into something else you love too. Meaning not everything in life is a straight path. And sometimes you get there going all the way around and it truly is about the journey. What am I talking about? That's the question. I am talking about Danielle, AKA the jealous curator. The jealous curator curator. Danielle Krissa, first of all, was an art student. She loved art. She had a professor. He told her, you know, if I were you, I'd consider not painting again. You can't paint. Never paint again, is what he told and she, her. And she took it to art. <laughs> and there she was, stuck, trying to figure out what to do with such a passion and a love for art. And her husband said to her, why don't you put it together on an Instagram and start curating for other people. And that is how the jealous curator was born. He literally said, why don't you take your jealousy, 
say it out loud and turn it into admiration. Because it's toxic to hold it in. For sure. So maybe she felt like she couldn't paint or didn't want to or whatever, but she took that and created a blog that would make people admire it and be informed more about art and feel more of a participant. And she's got, I don't know how many followers, hundreds of thousands of followers, which she's got is so six terrific. Books, totally. Celebrating art in the everyday. She's written six books since 2019, pardon me. Yep. The first one was called Your Inner Critic is a Big Jerk, sure. which is hysterical. She has another one called A Big Important Art Book, Now with Women. Yeah. Hilarious. But all of this to say that she has a fabulous email subscription that you can sign up for. It's called the No Such Thing as Too Much Art Society. Mm-hmm. It's a daily newsletter filled to the brim with contemporary art. Not There is absolutely no, as she put it, snobby art world jargon included. Wonderful. It is accessible art for everyone. Listen, Rana, in a time when we are constantly bombarded with bad news about this variant, that yeah. variant, politics, insane. Sure. Are we going to war with about seven places right now? All of sure. us. This newsletter is a bright spot. It delivers beauty and inspiration directly to your inbox. And guess what, Rana? I w- I'm embarrassed to tell people. I know you it's don't like this. It's only $3 a month. Rana you get an email like every day for $3 a month. As she put it, that's like one mediocre latte a month in exchange for so much at. So follow Danielle at The Jealous Curator on Instagram and sign up for her newsletter at thejealouscurator.com. And guess what the silver, the, the wonderful ending of this story is, Rana? She's now showing her own art worldwide. So that, can guy, suck it. that can, guy can go screw. Go screw. Like to say. Go scratch. Eat dirt. Go scratch. Go scratch. Attention Carriage House members, Rana here to tell you all about Anchor.fm. Anchor is the fabulous app that we use to create a podcast. And let me tell you something. You can use it to create a podcast of your own. It's totally free. They have these terrific creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer, if you're that sort of person. I have a staff, excuse me. And now you can even add any song from Spotify directly to your episodes, which is pretty fabulous. The possibilities are totally endless. So download the free Anchor app now or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Kiss, kiss. I feel like getting right into it. I'm going to be honest. Let's just do it. I already have a lot to say and we haven't even introduced ourselves. My first question I want to know is if you walk around all day straightening things up all the time. Are you always putting your pencils in the right place and making sure your pillows are in the perfect place? I am. And and that your eyebrows are perfect and that your beard is perfect. You do look great. That's the most perfect Zoom background I've ever seen. I well, I did I did straighten up before before this, but I'm I'm actually the opposite. I my workspace (gasps) is a total mess. Get out of here. No, yeah. If I could turn the camera around, you'd be horrified at, at what you'd see. I don't believe it for Well, a what second. you curated for us today looks amazing. Adam, dear, where are you? In Chicago? No, I'm in Brooklyn. Oh, oh you're in Brooklyn. Why do I think you have a Chicago connection? I, I, don't, I don't know. I've never Because been he wrote Chicago. that song, The Chicago Connection. 
Remember that's that true. song? That's true. That's, that, you're right. That's one of my favorites. <laughs> we had it all in the Windy City. It was beautiful. <laughs> you're in Brooklyn. Yes. Uh, Where in Brooklyn darling, are you? Um, right now I'm in, in like Fort Greene. Oh, sure. Um, very nice. I actually just applied for a new apartment in Dumbo. Oh, great. Uh, which I'm hoping there's sort of a bidding war happening for it, which is a. That sort of sounds a scary like it, bef- it befits a film, a, f- a filmmaker, a man who's moving into the film space, pardon me. Uh, a, a little bit. Yeah. I, there, I, I do have, there is a movie coming out this year. Excuse uh, me. We're well aware. I'm not. I'm not super involved in it, which is is probably for the best. <laughs> Even um, better. Just and actually, like Brian, that check. Uh, you, uh, you know Jeffrey Self, right? Yeah, Augie's yes, in but it, isn't our he? dear friend okay. Augustus Prue is in. Yeah, film. he's Augustus Prue. His his husband is playing me in the movie, which is a weird connection to have. That is exciting, though, to have someone like pl- I can't even imagine what that would be like to have someone actually playing you. But how you got we, the right guy. Augie is a fantastic Jeffrey, actor. How do we find out if Jeffrey is attracted to Adam in addition to being attracted to Augie? Oh my God! Text him. That's a quick it's, text. Yeah, it's all it's all very <laughs> incestuous. We yeah. love Jeffrey and we love Augie. We were just talking about that. And Augie pad means in Lord of the Rings. I hate to tell you. In addition, he to is. This. He is. I yeah. I went to I went to set for a couple days and. He He's he's great. He's like super charming, delightful human being. So when tell they, us when what he was happened. Filming- it was like a thread, a ghost story thread. Oh yeah, yeah give it, us the scoop. <laughs> um, it was. I mean, it was very strange. I I my my main thing is like I'm a comic artist. That's that's what I do. Excuse that's- me, you're a very successful comic artist. How many Patreons do you have right now? Uh, a. About 30,000. 30? Oh my God. Th- Brian, think about that. Rana, Just I stop am. and do that quick math. I don't understand. Could you do a little video that says, like, if you like comics, you'll love um, – if you like comic strips, you're going to love Ask Rana? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Okay. And then send them over to the Patreon? He and by did, the way, know, Adam, Adam I think did do yeah. a chili witch, but he's never done us together. He's never drawn us together. He's only done a chili witch. Maybe That's he true. could do a crossover comic because one of the things he does is he <sighs> you get a comic on his Patreon, isn't that right, Adam? Um, sort of. Yeah my my Patreon is uh it's like sort of exclusive comics that I don't always put on on Instagram. Yeah, so he could do an exclusive Rana and Brian and Adam comic. That would I'd be, be happy to. It would be a crossover. The only problem Absolutely. with that is he'd have to do the work, which isn't really fair to ask people to do. So wait a second. You oh, were no, doing on mind. Twitter a threat. I don't mind. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. The So the movie, I it's this was a few years ago uh, in in a previous apartment, but it was it was haunted. And I I did a whole Twitter thread about it that went viral and and led to a movie. It took a, it took a few years to get to this point, but. I need to understand if you believed in ghosts before or not. And that's my to, question. And I need Cause to, I remember this yeah, thread very well. That's my first well. question. Yeah. Right. I, you know, I was always open to the possibility, uh, of ghosts. So, so I guess I was a little on the fence beforehand. And when the ghost first appeared to you, how did it happen? And did you try to talk yourself out of it? 
Um, kind of. It it's well. It it started as as dreams, sort of, um, and escalated from there. Uh, and I I I never really thought about talking myself out of it because it it went it went so viral on Twitter. I felt like there was a part of me that that wanted it to sort of keep going forever. Um, and then we had to move out of that apartment because they were going to renovate it and sell it. So, and what the ghost was was a small child. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a little. It was a small. I mean, child that's so much scarier. Head. Give us as much of a. Give us a little tiny recap, if you're willing to. I know you've sold a film, and we don't want to spoil the ending. Oh, I actually don't know the ending. They the the scriptwriter sent me. Uh, the whole script and I, I, I didn't read to the end cause I kind of want to be surprised about yeah. what they do with the, the source material. Cause it's, it doesn't, it's not completely, uh, like a beat for beat, uh, happening of what, of what sure. happened. It's, it's definitely an adaptation. Right, like the ghost didn't so, give you a massage or something they might put in the movie. Well, like he that. was a small child, so that probably would have been. <laughs> a child well, can give massages. That's not sexual. Yeah, but how old was he as a ghost? I I don't know. He was uh, maybe like five (laughs) or six. Um, I think they're aging him up in the movie because. Tell us what happened with the ghost, Adam. I'm not going to ask again. (laughs) Uh, It's I. Well, I moved out of the apartment (laughs) before before anything. I mean, before he killed me. But it it's he he was, was you know, doing weird things. He was moving things around, doing things with the electricity. Um, It went on for like a year or so. It's. (gasps) Now, did you ever speak to anyone that lived in the apartment before you or after you? Uh, no, I tried to. I tried to find. And I did the landlord sort of shrug when you mentioned possibly that the apartment was haunted? Yeah, I mean, all all of my friends unfollowed me on Twitter because they got annoyed with my constant updates about did it. Did you see any gravestones in the apartment? Because that might have been no. I I didn't. Did the child have a message for anyone in this world that it wanted you to convey? Uh, no, he didn't, unfortunately. Or if he, what was the first sign of the child? Like, what was your first thing that you were like, "This is a ghost"? Uh, gosh, I don't know. He, I mean, he he did look dead, so I, I assumed that he he was a ghost. What do you mean he looked? Wait, you saw him in dreams? Yeah. But not in person. Not in person. I never saw him in person, which is was probably for the best. He would appear to you in your dreams, and then he yeah. would move things around the apartment. Mm-hmm. Hmm. You sold this? I did. I did somehow. <laughs> <laughs> somehow there was there were a lot of people interested in it. It's a lot more interesting I'm on, joking. on Twitter. It's <laughs> you should read the thread. I remember this thread very well, and it was completely compelling. So I congratulate you. I'm not. I'm not selling it too well, but I already sold the. Movie, you know what? You don't so need to. You've got thirty thousand people ready to buy anything you've got. You know what percentage of people in your life believe you and don't believe you about the ghost? Oh, that's good. Oh, um, probably more people don't believe me than do believe me. You want to know something? Did anyone that didn't or did? Uh, n- I no. Most people, most people were not super interested in it in my life. Um, like I said, most people either muted me on Twitter or unfollowed me because they they got sick of it pretty quickly. All right, here's my next burning question. I'm going to tell you something. I yeah. fully believe you, and I'm not even necessarily a ghost person, but I am open to it, and I fully 100% believe you. And if it were up to me, I'd have a business called Shaky Tables, and you would haunt <laughs> other. Pe- I would hire people to haunt people's homes and like shake their tables up. 
I would invest in that company. Think, and I know you've got the dough, baby. <laughs> I do. It's burning a hole in my pocket. I don't know what to do with it. Shaky so. tables. Here it comes. <laughs> uh, my next question is whether or not you're still using the Balmuda toaster and how you felt about your purchase. Oh my God. <laughs> I, I use it every single day. I, I go to, I go to my coffee shop and I ask them not to, to heat up my breakfast. Cause I want to bring it home and heat it up myself. Is that true? Yeah, that's true. It's, I, I buy anything. I've that heard Rana so many tales this about this toaster. Uh-huh. Adam is really a, people don't understand. Adam is a is a true fan and a lover of Veronica. I am so flattered. And who's your friend? You have a gal pal that listens. I to do. Him. My my best friend Kristen uh, yeah. actually worked for for Brian. She wait, did, Kristen Rossi. Yeah, <laughs> I love her. Love I, her. She I'm also sure, uses Le Pen. My favorite her. pen. Never heard you mention her. Kristen she did, Rossi. She did like graphics and social stuff for with Sean Burpee. She would, and she just. Yeah. I just oh, I said know that Sean. I. Re- yeah, I recently. I don't know if you saw, but I did break the news that Le Pen is my favorite pen to use on a daily basis. Sure, she. <laughs> I did not me. see that you broke the news, but it's been my pen for at least thirty years. It's the best. So she DM'd me and Skinny said, "It's my favorite pen, pen too." Yeah. yeah, she's yeah, she's great. Um, I, I prefer a pilot. I'll be honest with you, but I do like a oh, not pen me. for the for the right occasion. If I'm writing in my Claire Fontaine notebook, I like a Le pen. Okay, that's good. Adam know. knows what that <laughs> okay, means. Good. He's the king of pens and pencils and stationery. How many uh, pencils? And he have is you Claire got? Fontaine by night. <laughs> <laughs> that's his Marvel character. Yeah, the the Balmuda toaster is is great. It was a great purchase. I remember this I, from that list. Like I said, I buy anything that Rana. Anything mentions. you didn't like that you bought off the Ronica list. Let's just get into it. We can oh, always gosh. we can always edit it out. I'm not taking complaints. From I the don't complaints think so. I I kind of trust you guys implicitly. I you know Rana says to buy a Remova suitcase. I I buy two. I you know. Literally anything she mentions, I'm I have to pause the podcast and go buy it. Now the thing well, good for I her and good for you. I'm so glad you like her so much. Adam suggested to me, and I haven't bought it yet, and I want you to explain it to people, is the Japanese chi Zen machine. I want you to tell people about this. Uh the one that shakes your legs. Yeah. Yeah. It um that was a that was a t- that was a TikTok I saw. Um someone's someone's mom had been using it for for decades. And I, I just, I have no self-control when it comes to buying things online. So I bought it and I like it. I don't know if it's doing anything for me, but what's it supposed to do? It's supposed to like, it's, it's good for blood flow. I think Mm -hmm. it, you, you lay down and you put your legs in it and it just like rapidly shakes your legs back. Oh, it's like a vibrating thing. Yeah, and it's it's yeah, that stuff's I think it's supposed to be good for blood, for blood flow and like it loosens your spine and recovery or and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. But it's not compression boots, which were on my Ronica list this year. No. Yeah. No. Uh, Dia, you're yes. here today because people have written to us and they're desperate, as you know. Desperate. Mm-hmm. Desperate. And so what we're gonna do is we're gonna go through a couple of questions here. And uh, we're going to give our honest answers. As you know, all we do is answer what we think. We're usually right. Why wouldn't we be? And yeah. if people have written in, they can either take our advice. Or they, or they either want their life to improve or they don't. That's really up to them. So they can either take our advice or not. And then at the I end. I just want to say. Yeah, please, Rana. No, no, please. No, no, no. Please. No, right after yeah. you. No, no, no. no. 
No, because no, no, mine had nothing to do with whatever you were talking about. Well, so I was talking about our show. If you have, if you've oh. heard of it, yeah. No, yeah, I have. I love it. <laughs> yeah, you're a listener. I'm a listener. <laughs> All I was going to say, please, Rhonda, you finish because this really I'm is a done, change. Of Brian, topic. I finished. Is anyone watching? And Rhonda, I know we've already discussed this on the Patreon. Is anyone watching Ramova season two on Netflix? You mean Emily in Paris season two about <laughs> Julianne having a Ramova campaign? It's only about Ramova. The entire second season's about Ramova. Is it, it really? I haven't. I haven't seen all of it. Yes. They it must is. be. And Ron they're, and I are going to cover hard up, on their um, their like promotion. They got well, Rihanna they to do a thing. They always have a real brand that they're working with. I don't know how right. it works. I'd love to know. I'm sure Ad Week wrote some sort of absolutely electrifying article about how it works, but. <laughs> They, uh, it's all about whether they can get, uh, Pia Cadeau. Is that his name? Jean yeah, Cadeau. Like Pia that. Cadeau. Whether Jean Pia Cocteau. Cadeau is going to have his terrible face all over a suitcase. And the, the idea ran out after about a minute, but they just kept going with it. Oh, so. but they're not stopping. They never no, do. No. Why, uh, why let a sure good thing I like die that. when you can I, Ramova feels, I know it's like a, a big luxury brand, but it, it feels a little bit secret. I don't. Nah. Well, I mean, and also I think it's a, probably a secret to like younger people. So I'm a guessing okay. that's why Ramova wanted it on season two. That makes sense. They just want to sell suitcases like everybody else. I don't and also they sold somewhere. out that company sold to another company. So now they're, they're part of a big luxury group uh, and they didn't used to be. And so now their Got idea it. of what they should be doing is a little different. But I will tell you, I do have tell my eye on a limited edition your remover bag that they that uh in-flight suitcase that they've done so i'd be lying if if the, and then they had the dior scooter which brian probably didn't get to that yet but anyway i'm oh, no, so glad we yet. had this conversation speaking of emily in paris brian yeah i would like yeah. you to read our first <gasps> question oh my gosh ronna what a transition what that's perfect a, okay what a segue not the scooter. here we go this is going to be great. I can't believe, Ron, you are seamless. Dear Ron and Brian, Adam, I'm going to include you in this. I've taken a lover. He's French. Very French. He's sexy. He's sweet. And he appears to adore me. The feeling is mutual. We huh? mostly speak in French together. His English isn't great. And my French is good enough to get by. We joke that there's about 20% of what we say to one another that neither of us understands. Mais bon, qu'est-ce qu'on fait? fait? I don't know, she wrote French. So what's the problem? Oh, I'll do my best said, to be I thought brief. You did, I thought you did a little French, Brian. I guess not. No, I mean, like, I do a little, like, you know, can, can, can. But that's I about see. It. <laughs> so what's the problem? I'll do my best. Fait? To... I don't know what that means. Qu'est-ce qu'on fait? Yeah. Mais bon. So what's the problem? I'll do my best to be brief, but you know how it goes. I am a diplomat. Excuse me. I live overseas. I'm American. He's a French gendarme. Okay. Am I saying that right? I believe you are, yes. Okay. And we met in South Asia where we are both currently assigned working on our respective embassies. This is so sexy. Mm -hmm. When we first met, I figured this would be a passionate love affair, short-lived, explosive, and exciting, burning bright, but then flickering out as many sultry love stories do. But as the weeks went on, we began to sacrocher, as the French would say, get attached. 
A few weeks into our courtship, he casually mentioned to me at a cafe that things could never be serious between us because I wasn't French. Wow. How would it ever work, he wondered aloud. I shrugged it off. I'm used to leaving a place every two to three years and often saying goodbye to the men I loved in places they don't want to leave. But now it's been three months and his tune is changing. He tells me all the time how the feelings he has for me are deep, that I've stirred something within him and that it is not often he cares for someone in the way he does for me. He's invited me to Paris with him in the spring and talked about all the places in Europe he'd like to take me. He makes love to me like it's always the last time. Hmm. We talk every day and we spend every moment we can together. It is a true, real, deep romance. Plot twist. I am in an open relationship with another man thousands of miles away. Ah. And my French, uh huh. And my French lover was seeing another what woman when we is met. That for the Frenchman, nothing. <laughs> no, no How problem. How very French please. of you. Yeah. Yeah. And my French lover was seeing another woman when we met. We talked about this, and we were both increasingly uncomfortable at the thought of the other being with someone else. But the fact of the matter remains. I leave this current assignment in August, and he will stay behind yet another year and then return to France. I will be off to the southwestern hemisphere next, thousands of miles away, dancing tango and drinking Malbec, Argentina. So is it a lost cause? Do I stop clinging to this man? Do I let it burn bright and then say goodbye once again? Do you think I'm doomed to live a lonely life in this career? Or do I try to give this thing a real shot? Tell him we could make it work and figure out a way to be together. Do I stop seeing my other partner who I do still love, but who honestly is no longer fulfilling the needs I have for a romantic and long-term partner? Do I ask my lover to see me exclusively? This holds the record for most questions ever Mm. in a question. Yes. I wonder what your thoughts are about this absurd little novel I'm living over here. And finally, to you both, from a proud sauna privileges member, excuse me, thank you from the bottom of my heart. Diplomacy is often challenging and lonely work, and listening to your podcast these past few years has always made me feel truly at home, in the carriage house, curled up with my askgranacoffee.com, and spending time with my two dear friends. You have given advice that has truly touched me and changed me. I love you both. Zons à de votre respond, Jess. Adam, dear. Uh, <clears throat> well, first of all, your your French is great, Brian. Thank you. Um, I'm very <laughs> impressed. Do you speak no thank French, you, Adam? You. Uh, I took French for three years in high school, and I don't remember a single word. You know what's um, remarkable? It sounded, it sounded I took good for me. zero years. I um, didn't even never take it, and it sounded that good. So thank you, Adam. <laughs> so so is it? This is a this is a woman. Yes. This is a woman writing in. Okay, and she said that they only understand about twenty percent of each other. Mm. Right. Well, I thought they said they understood everything except about twenty. Twenty percent missing, I believe. Yeah. So okay. I think they understand eighty percent of what the other is saying. Yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah, I think I think that that there's probably a lot going on in that twenty percent, uh, where she's filling in the blanks with with her sort of fantasy scenario. Um, mm. She's also in a relationship that she's not happy in. And it it does feel a little bit like she's leaning on this new relationship to sort of lift her out of the thing that she's, she's not so happy in. And I, I think it might do her some good to maybe be on her, on her own for a little bit and be comfortable in that and, and sort of keep correspondence with this, with this guy if she wants, but it does sort of feel like she's, she's maybe bridging a little bit into, into something new. 
Yeah, I feel like she's also doing that thing when, like, you're deeply in love with someone and – or I want to say actually in lust and in fantasy with someone. And you build up this whole thing and you're so in love. And and the wonder – the exciting thing sometimes can be, like, to fantasize about the tragedy of it and, like, how tragic it can be. And, like, oh, my God, like, this is ripping us apart and – what are we going to do? And it's kind of like sexy to think that way. The thing, like, so you're and, saying the the very thing that is making it feel most alive is the fact that it has to die. I think it's part of it. Yeah. That it's sort of just as the star-crossed lovers, you know, ships passing situation. And like, I was living in France and I met this man and it really could never be. You know what I mean? Like, I do think there's a something romantic about it just being ill-fated. Yes. In a way, and mm-hmm. that that adds a huge fantasy element to it. Yes. Because, you know, it's Jack and Rose. Yeah, and I, I can't never see really it. understood this. I can't see yeah. it ever living up to, to the fantasy in her head. Um, no. And also, think, um, yeah. Well, no, it's, it's if, if she breaks up with this guy, I feel like a week is going to go by and she's, that passion is going to dissipate quite a bit. And she's going to realize, oh, that was fun while it lasted. And I have a good memory of it. Or she's going to stay, and in a week she's going to be like, "Oh, this is not, this is not quite what I was hoping for." I think and don't know that the passion would dissipate if she gets everything she wants here or thinks she wants. I think that's very astute, but I also think she's very lucky right now. No kidding! I Everything's working in her favor. There are very few people who have the opportunity in their lifetime to have this kind of an experience. It's yeah. absolutely dependent on the fact that, I agree, prob- most, it's definitely dependent on the fact that they don't totally speak the same language. So she doesn't, he's a police officer, okay? That's what his job is. He's assigned as a police officer to the embassy in whatever country they're in, Malaysia, I don't know where they are. Mm-hmm. And so, there's probably whatever that 20% is could easily be his politics that he can't explain to her, that they're not having those kind of conversations. They are having a carnal affair with an occasional ice cream cone and a walk and it's sweaty and it's hot and it is doomed to doomed, doomed. And aren't they you know lucky? What? Aren't they You said lucky? carnal affair, but yeah. you know what else would apply there to the ice cream and everything? Carnival affair. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. I'm going to write that movie. She about, said uh, he carnies. makes love yeah. to her every time. Like it's the last time he's going to make love to her. Yeah. Come on. Hubba hubba. What is the problem? He, you know what? You want to ruin this? Here's how you ruin it. Break up with your boyfriend at home. Yes. And see where this can go. And Get see, I'll tell you, you where it goes. And it Out the door as everything. fast as it can. Exactly. Yep. If I were live you, the Casablanca life right now, I baby. would keep de- I would keep breathing those tight breaths for the next six months or whatever it is until mm-hmm. August, and then it keep will keep spraying the perfume on the letters you're writing him. Exactly. Keep clutching your letters. Put them in your bra. Yes, that's right. I keep wait. Yes, keep wearing a tank top that exposes your collarbone because you know that's yes. what he likes about you or whatever it is. And yep. I mean. If you want to break up with your boyfriend at home, that's fine. I don't think you need to hang on to him. I don't think that's going no. anywhere. And if he yeah. wants to be released, if you have the feeling he wants to be released, release him. But 
the because that's I mean all that's doing is bringing a nice external pressure. But I definitely wouldn't do the thing where you show up at the gendarme's house and say, "I broke up with my boyfriend. What are we doing?" Because no. I can tell you what we're doing is tomorrow he's busier at work and he's a little busier the day after that. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. basically then it's like a place in the sun or match point and he's going to kill you. He might have four other girlfriends. I don't know what he's doing. I just know he's good at what he's doing. The only way to keep the passion going is to leave and like maybe visit once a year and yeah. sort of, totally. you know, keep him keep him on the hook all year long and being like, I can't wait until the summer when I'm in town for 48 hours. Yep. And it's the the hottest summer. If this is a real love and a real thing that's developing between them, then this, then nothing will get in the way of that. If you're moving to Argentina and you two truly want to be together, you'll find a way he will either find to get an assignment there or he'll, if you're truly, truly going to build a life Everything's together, just a flight away, basically. All that pragmatism will come to into play. But all that pragmatism is going to do now is ruin this fabulous affair that you have. This is an affair. It is an affair to remember, is what it is. For sure. But if it For sure. transmutates into- And by the way, I'm person, jealous. It sounds amazing. Ah, look at the way she wrote the letter. I mean, the whole thing is just enjoy it. But I do think you don't want to be cruel to the to the boyfriend at home. And so it might be worth yeah. releasing him. You don't have to make a big deal about telling everybody what happened, but you it might be worth releasing him. And I don't mean not telling yeah, him no what cruelty. happened. I mean not telling the gendarme, I broke up with my boyfriend. Here I am covered in rain, you know, <laughs> for, for you to propose to. And for him to say he'd love to, but he has to go work out with his dog, uh, you know. He has a canine patrol right. he has to go do at the airport or something totally. like that. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Enjoy the this is this is the definition of the word ephemeral. And mm-hmm. if it totally. isn't, then you'll know. And you'll know by August Burn that everybody's bright. trying to put a little bit more effort into making this a real thing. But yeah. enjoy yeah, every if she's, ounce if of she's this. Gonna- if she's going to move to Argentina with this guy, then she's probably already made that decision. And, you know, these things never work uh, except the ones that do. Sometimes sometimes it, it works and you might be one of the lucky ones. It's always the way and the story the, ends. But she's moving to Argentina without him. Mm, the question okay. is, he invited her to Paris with him this spring. But th- that's just, why not? Just go have sex all over Europe. Okay. That's Truly. what that trip is. Congratulations. Go your, put that lock on that bridge. <laughs> you have won the jackpot. Go to Paris with him, find out how terrible his apartment is, and then have sex with him all over Europe and it'll be wonderful. And then go to Argentina and have sex with everybody else there too, until somebody stops you in your tracks and you decide it's time to settle down. The exciting question is always like, (laughs) how can I make this work? And the sort of unexciting answer is you can. That is so true. It's just not as fun. Here's how you make it. It's very easy. You sign, (laughs) you sign a really sexy lease together. Yeah. And you yeah. talk about who's going to pay the cable bill. And then, oh boy, watch out because here comes something even sexier. And it's For, the electric. To share bill. a bathroom, yeah. wake up just loving <laughs> that life. Yeah. You put a cabinet together. Together. Exactly. Like, Brian, that is the truest thing you ever said. The thank bad you. news is you can. That is so <laughs> <Yeah>. true. <laughs> 
Keep us posted. That was a fun little uh, novella to read. I loved it. Yeah, it was. Went- a, it really. I tell you, it got me out of my like. St- not, not that we're under stay-at-home orders, but like it was a nice COVID letter to receive. Yeah, must be nice. Must be no nice. Kidding. Adam, has no one exciting kidding. thing happened to you during the quarantine that that wasn't your movie? Oh boy. Um, I don't think so. I I'm. Are you in a long-term relationship or no? Yeah, I do. I live Mm -hmm. with my partner. Um, We've been together 10 years. Long time. Have you ever Um, painted him or drawn him? I I have not. uh, (laughs) Like done a nude portrait or anything? No, I haven't. I I haven't done any any nude studies since college. Um, okay. Well, you're going to be doing that exclusive me and Brian cartoon for for the for Patreon. So yeah, that's time true. to well, dust we're, off we're those all old brushes. Be that, so yeah, it's going to be a charcoal of me and Brian. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it would have been so steamy though if you had gone up to him when you first saw him and said, "I would love to paint you sometime." Oh yeah, would it I, have been? Yeah, I don't think so. I don't no, think the I would have run the other way. <laughs> Is he a gendarme also? No, he's uh, he's from Connecticut. <laughs> oh, so he's <laughs> okay. so li- reading that letter was a thrill for all of us. Is oh, what yeah. I, is it what was that got us yes. out of out of town basically. Yeah. yeah, it did. It was. It was like taking a little weekend away. That was fun. It was okay. I'll read the next question, but I really need to know the next chapter. But dear, enjoy. Suck the marrow Honestly, out of life. That is I'm my so advice jealous. to you. Yes. Enjoy totally. every moment. I'll tell you, that's how I feel every time I go to Cleveland to see Mr. Cleveland. <laughs> what? <laughs> that's why we're not moving any closer to uh, to making this official because I feel just how you feel in Singapore is how I feel in Cleveland. When Kidding. I take an Uber <laughs> right over to the docks and get on that houseboat. I feel the same way, Rana. Yeah. Adam, where are you from originally? I'm from Montana. What? Yeah. <gasps> I sure Gorgeous. didn't expect that. Yeah, nobody does. Gorgeous or scary I, or both? Um, it was it was pretty boring growing up, but I I've been back as an adult and I've I've sort of reassessed and realized that it's it's really pretty there. Been yeah. back as an adult? Do you, your family not live there anymore? Um, my mom lives there, but it's it's. I'm an only child, and my mom's an only child, and my oh. both of my grandparents on her side have passed now. So it's it's just my mom back there, and she usually prefers to visit me. Yeah. Um. But a couple years is. ago, are you from my first day? What? Are you from Methuselah? <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> oh, okay. I don't. I don't know. Isn't there a town there called Methuselah? I don't think so. I think you're thinking of Missoula. I am. am. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. No. I'm. I'm from. I'm from Bozeman. I don't. I don't know if that probably doesn't mean anything. Ring a bell. Big Sky Country. Mm -hmm. Yeah. A couple years ago, I rented a, a a lake house on Flathead Lake with with some friends, and it was. It's easily the prettiest place I've ever been. And I, I travel a lot. So it's, it's really gorgeous. That's one of those places where you, A, can't believe it exists and B, can't believe it's in America. Yeah. Yeah. Well, some people would say that's America. You can't believe the rest of it's America. That's true. Yeah. That's the fantasy of what America is. You're right. You're right. That's the, that's on the, on the billboard. How do you feel about all the rich people that are moving there and ruining the state? Um, I mean, 
Not it's I I guess it's so big. There's there's room Plenty for room a few for more everybody. people. Um yeah, it's like it's the fourth least populous state, I think. There's like barely a million people there, so so there's But right? you're the kind of famously state. Are you you're like really into deforestation, right? From what yeah, I remember, I, I think I I'm read into online. fracking. Yeah, that's um, he needs to. Okay. He needs trees for all those pencils. That's true. Yeah, it's with. true. Yeah, <laughs> he's one of the leading deforesters in the state, and I'm proud of it. I knew that. <laughs> yeah, good for you, dear Ron O'Brien, an undeniably fabulous guest. But that's I believe you, it. Adam. <laughs> I come from a big, tight knit Italian family. We live in close proximity to one another see each other frequently, spend most holidays, birthdays, and other milestones together. I'm just realizing now this is a terrible question for Adam. He just Why? told us he's a single he's a single child. His mother's a single child. And he doesn't have any cousins or anything else. So here but we I'm go. But I'm still going to have opinions. But he saw Moonstruck. Good. I did Good. see. I saw Moonstruck yeah. recently. Yeah. <laughs> it's a fun movie, isn't it? It's great. It so many great yeah. performances. For the most part, it's great. We generally all get along, genuinely like spending time together and support each other in every way possible. However, I've been experiencing a lot of anxiety lately over my family, specifically my sister, and would love your advice. Okay. I'm sort of the black sheep in my family in that I hate, in all caps, confrontation and fighting. You would think that being part of a large, loud, crazy Italian family would make me numb to that sort of thing, but it hasn't. I have always been pretty reserved and a huge people pleaser and tend to shy away from any sort of disagreement or confrontation. I know that's not always healthy and I'm working on it. My sister, on the other hand, is the total opposite. While she and I are very close as adults, she often was the cause of a lot of chaos in my household growing up, whereas I was always very eager to please my parents and, quote, be good, she was the one who would have major meltdowns both at home and in public. She ha- she and my mom would fight constantly. And to be honest, I think all that yelling and crying and confrontation just flat out scared me as a child. Now sure. that I am a, now that I am grown, it's taken on a bit of a different shape. When my family is all together, I am constantly scanning the room and trying to figure out in front to try to get in front of anything that will make her upset. Oh, I don't like that. Oh, I get it, though. Of course, but you can't live like that. It's a terrible feeling. No, right. Yeah. For example, over the holidays, my mother and brother started talking about something political that I knew my sister would find abhorrent, as did I, for that matter. Instead of letting it all play out or even giving it back to them, since I also believed they were in the wrong, I tried to insert myself and make a joke about it to try to calm the situation before things got too heated. My sister is known to sort of blow up at things that upset her, and I am terrified of the impending explosion, especially when it comes to my mom, given their history. I've asked her about this before, and she admits that sometimes she just needs to let it all out and get it out of her system, and then she is fine. Even though I know this, every time she gets up upset or argues with my mom, I get the biggest pit in my stomach and just want to flee the situation. It's like I cannot handle her being upset or getting angry or cannot remove myself from her feelings. Hmm. I know that family fights are normal, and I also know that my way of internalizing things is not the best way of handling arguments. What boundaries can I set so that I don't get so entangled in my sister's feelings and feel like her explosions are my explosions? 
How can I become more comfortable with the idea of her being upset? It always ends up fine, so I don't know why I'm scared of it. I wish I could be in a position where my sister and mom could be fighting and I could just feel removed from it, sort of like I feel when watching the housewives fight. Seeing it as just another argument that will blow over and might actually entertain versus feeling so ensnared in and affected by the drama. Thank you for any advice you have and for the endless laughs that you provide. Sincerely, the shy one. Could hear a pin drop. Yeah, I, I would please Adam. Yeah. Well, so I have a really small family, um, but my partner has a huge family. He has oh. three siblings. They're all married. They're all starting to have kids. Um, and so family get togethers, you know, I love them. I adore them, but it can be kind of draining um, because I grew up as an only child. So I always, if I got overwhelmed in a situation or I needed some space, I could do that. I could go do something else. Yeah. Um, and what I've realized is that you, even, even with these big family situations, if you leave the room for an hour, nobody's going to care and nobody's probably even going to notice um, well, that's so true. You just, you just need to get comfortable leaving the situation and going to lay down for a little bit. Uh, and it's, it's really only awkward the first time, maybe the second time. And then, and then it's, it's not really an issue anymore. It's very interesting. Actually, as a strategy, I want to hear what Brian has to say, because I feel like this has happened to Brian in the past. Well, but uh, I, I, I'm pulling up a sound effect. Are you on hold right now with Capital One Points? Is that what you are? No, I'm trying to pull up a sound effect because I was going to play it for for my answer. But I don't think... Oh, here we go. Okay, I mean, let's see. If this, this show... Is. I mean, how disrespectful. Ah. Okay, everyone here. Okay, ready? This is my... That's Scooby-Doo running. I'll play it again. <laughs> because that's exactly what I would do. <laughs> You'd get out of there. Skedaddle. Skedaddle. Get those feet moving and skedaddle. You've got, I think it's just what Adam said. You have, when could that ever be a normal situation for someone to be in a room with two people screaming at each other? My family does the same thing. They're all histrionic. And I guess you could count me in that too. But (laughs) it is never never once, it, it has never once made me comfortable to watch and to be around for it because it isn't comfortable. It's not something that should ever feel regular and normal. I think the problem is, is that you just have to have a different relationship to it. And I think the boundary you draw is you leave. I mean, truly just like get in your car and go somewhere, take a walk, do whatever it is. You don't have to be around for that though. And I mean, there's nothing- She doesn't want to miss the drama. Mm -hmm. That could be it too. Listen, I love watching Housewives as much as the next person. Yeah. Um, she doesn't, fun this two- family, they fight all the time and they relive it all the time. But so if, everybody if she, is, everybody's judge and jury in this family. So if she leaves for the argument, she doesn't get to participate in the postscript to the argument. Well, here's the difference. Arguments are fun to watch when people are hurling insults that like you think they both deserve. You know what I mean? But you don't want to say anything. Yeah. They're less fun when it is like, mean and toxic and you feel like you're next on the list. You know what I mean? Yes. I don't That's understand why, why she can't leave and then come back and get a recap. 
later. That sounds just as fun. Or just because be like a peeping too Tom many people and go involved. So then they say, well, who, who was right and who was wrong? And she said this. And then mom said that. And then I said this. And that this is just like the housewives. Why it's always annoying to- where they have side conversations because you just want them all to fight about. They never talk about what they're talking about. And it drives you crazy because you just want them to have the actual fight. At my place in L.A., every week. There is a couple who lives like across the street that I can hear from my place. They're constantly fighting about whether he thinks she's a good writer because she doesn't think that he thinks that. I mean, I was screaming at each other about this. What it's are so you talking in, about? It's so crazy. She's like, you don't appreciate my work and you lie to me about how good of a writer I am. I mean, it is wild. And they do this every week. And everyone can hear them. Oh, yeah. In Los Angeles. And they're not even that close to me. Like, like proximity-wise. Mm. Everyone can hear them. But here's the thing. I wouldn't want to be in that room, but I love that I can hear it. Yeah, that's a good point. You Let's can remove yourself. Exactly. Because then it's a little more fun because you're not – it's sort of like, you know, I'm only thinking of this because it was on Housewives recently where, like, someone's screaming in another room and they're all hiding. All the other friends are hiding in another room but they still want to hear what's going on. They just don't want to yes, be in the way. that is fun. Yeah, that is There fun. is a thrill to that. Because you're safe, but you can still hear exactly Being what's going voyeur. on. Being a voyeur. Exactly. She needs to be a little less sensitive. She, it seems like she wants to, she issue. wants to enjoy the argument, but she's, she feels bad about her sister feeling bad. Here's and the you problem. have to decide which oh, way you want it. Here's yeah. the real problem. This is living in her body. That's what I was going to say. The problem is that she has to figure out how to get this physical trigger out of her body, which is that when people argue around her, it upsets her, it, uh, her somatic system, her nervous system is, she is triggered by this. And so she's still having, even though she has rationalized in her adult brain, how she feels about it, which is that she can see that all's well that ends well. These allowed Italian people that fight with each other. And in the end, when you're a child, this is like the, the cruelest thing you can say to, you, to a child. Well, there's probably a lot of cruel things, but a very cruel thing you can say is uh, your father and I are getting divorced or whatever it is. I'm leaving. I've had enough of this. I'm walking out on this family because that's how you feel in that moment. But a child does not know at least the first six times that that is just you saying what you need to say in the moment. And that is not the reality of their world. And so this girl is still triggered by the feeling that this whole family feels threatened by these arguments, which really isn't the case. I'm not sure why she hasn't gotten the message until now. I mean, usually when you do grow up in a big home, you realize that that the pattern sort of establishes itself and you sort of think, ah. But- Whatever the reason is, you're sensitive. You say you're the shy one. This is not what you handle well. It's not, and that's okay. You don't have to be just like them and be confrontational and everything else. But you do have to figure out how to manage that stress response. And I don't know if that's something worth discussing with your therapist or even looking into uh, maybe EMDR. Is that what they call it, Brian? Do you know? I I have heard of that, but I I think that's right. EMDR, yeah. 
Uh, that is when you, that is something that people say is very successful for sort of reprogramming a physical response to some kind of trauma. And I'm not saying that this is the world's largest trauma that your family fights all the time, but it's somehow or other you, you are having a traumatic experience over and over and over again. And I think of course, removing yourself from the situation will be helpful. That's great advice from both of our fellows here, which is if you don't think you can handle it, don't stick around for it, basically. Mm. But I think it's worth just trying to tune in to why you're having a physical response to this and trying to reprogram that a little bit. Great point. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Also, I don't I don't know what these fights are about. Um, They're about nothing. You don't exactly. love me. Like, you don't love me. I'm not your favorite. That's what the fight totally. is. Totally. It's not yeah. affecting anybody <laughs> negatively except the letter writer. She's feeling it's bad true. about these fights. And I don't think anybody these else fights in the are family. truly like, why did you look at me like that? And then it's a whole thing. You know what I mean? It's nothing. Yeah. But yeah. And 30 happened? minutes later, they've completely forgotten it. And this letter writer happened. is alone feeling bad. But something mm. happened between her and her sister or to her and her sister together or something. Why does she feel fused to her sister's emotional happiness? Why does she, who doesn't engage, her sister's like a cat. She doesn't mind. She'll have a scratch and get right back on it. I mean, her sister, <laughs> her sister loves confrontation. She thrives on it. It's but fun. why? She's not it just saying, fun. I don't enjoy this. She's saying, I feel responsible for my sister's feelings. So what is that about? That is the thing that you need to go unpack with a therapist somewhere and figure out where that came from and try to untie it and leave it untied. Because mm -hmm. your sister is a grown woman who walks into every situation. We talked about this, Brian. What was the question we had? Oh, about the, the lesbian with the sister. I think it was on Patreon. Okay. The lesbian had a kid skipper. The kid sister skipper. Oh, Yes. Who Adam, was just... are you in the carriage house? Oh, of course. Since day one. So do you remember Skipper? Are you caught mm -hmm. up? Yes. So the she was taking over. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. The two lesbians had a nice relationship. Everything was perfect except for the pot when the cat in the hat showed up and the oldest sister said, come right in and make yourself Completely. comfortable. Yes. And for some reason they were fused and it seemed to have to do with her addiction that the sister had cared for her while she was, you know, uh, in recovery and that she felt that she owed her something. That was our take on it. But there's some reason here that you feel responsible for your sister's emotions and you've got to find a way not to or else the rest of your life is going to be very unsatisfactory. Especially when your sister doesn't feel responsible for her own emotions. Yes, like, who else's emotions you she take doesn't that feel on? responsible She's not. for? Every person in her wake, she goes in and throws a grenade into every room that she totally. comes into. And she doesn't care who gets hit by the shrapnel. She really does. By the way, what I she does no, it because she what feels I, better afterwards. It's a release. Why doesn't totally. she go for a run instead of driving everybody crazy? But this yeah, is also how noticed, these people communicate. This is how her mother talks to her. This is how the or or the father talks to the mother like that, and the mother likes to be a victim. And this is it's old fashioned, and this is you know it. There's some there's some cycle, some cyclical behavior going on here that you are not comfortable with. And kudos to you. You don't have to participate in it. But definitely not. And by the way, she they wants to don't. participate, though. Well, I, I feel the, like that's how she feels close to them she's because the she's black shy. Sheep. She said that she's the shy one, and I think maybe in a in a sort of a weird, sick way, the way this family shows love is by screaming and being passionate, and yes. then 
you know, forgetting it. And there might be a part of her that's like, well, how come nobody's screaming at me? Why am I not fighting? You know, and and maybe maybe she's feeling a little bit left out of this. Of this weird I think that's very dynamic. astute because I think that even by observing, though, she's a participant. They, she is an introvert, and they drag her out. So the sisters. So that's interesting, though, Adam. Maybe she's having some sort of a vicarious experience with the sister, and mm-hmm. that is why her emotions feel tied to her sister. Yeah, which it is seems that like the she sister wants to fights be... for everybody, basically. She wants to be in the fight, but she knows that she can't handle it emotionally. Yeah. And so that's bringing up some some bad feelings. So she either needs to remove herself from the situation or or start screaming along with her, her sister and mother. But removing herself from the situation makes her feel even more like a black sheep because she doesn't have this fighting in her DNA. And so th- so by observing the fighting she at least feels like she's part of the conversation and the narrative when people talk about it later. Whereas if she was sort of doing the healthy Connecticut thing to do, which would be to remove yourself from the room. She is then even further. She, her fear is that she is then further alienating herself from the people that she already doesn't feel related to. Does that make sense? Mm hmm. The short answer is you have to discuss this with your therapist and get to the bottom of it. And you've got to, un- you've got to cease to be so intertwined with your sister. You have mm-hmm. to find a way to understand that there is a, a point at which your body ends and hers begins and her feelings are her feelings and yours are yours. Yeah. She can't, she can't help her sister. She can't change her sister because her sister is perfectly happy doing what she's doing. Yeah. Brian, dear. You ready for the next one? I, you better believe it. Dear, this is a good intro. Dear Rana and Brian, plus tender touched guest. What does it mean? It I don't really know what that creepy means. Creepy to, to me. I don't like that. I don't like it at you all. Have a, you're, you're tender touched, Adam. Ugh, I guess so. Applying the word tender to our guest, I don't like it at all. Tender. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you both. Dirty. I love the word tender. I'm very tender. Tender steak. What are you? What, what do you lover. do? What else is tender? I, Legal what are you looking tender. for? Someone tender? I'm Maybe tender touch tender. means rich. In this case, it's accurate because he's got 30,000 oh, Patreons. Tender Legal touched. tender. Yeah. Sure. Thank you both <laughs> for your continued wisdom on all things fabulous. I'm a gay cis male and have a group of gay cis male friends, two of which never make time for me to hang out with them one-on-one. Do you two We've both friend- identify as gay cis males? Yes, I do. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Just checking. <laughs> We've been friends for seven years, going to birthdays and playing weekly board games during the pandemic. And they're down to hang anytime as long as it's at a friend's home within a group of four or five, but never one-on-one. Okay. You may think that I'm intense. Wow. No, I didn't go there. I do because but you they- mentioned it. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> what are you hiding already? You may think that I'm intense, but they even initiate texts of, what are you doing tonight? Or calls about, how can we organize a good friend's birthday? Not to mention firsthand experiences with them saying, both sober and unsober, that they love me while embracing me. Am I too intense? We're in a close-knit group with five, and I'm very close to the other two. We hang out one-on-one, no problem. But I guess I'd like the approval 
oh boy, of these two others to Mm. accept me into their one-on-one close encounters of the third kind level of friendship. Mm -hmm. A one-on-one close encounters of the third kind level of friendship. We have great chemistry and get along, which has kept us as pals for almost the last decade. I'd love to hear you both speak about the value of one-on-one relationships, which I prefer and would like with these two and give me advice on how to deal with or strive to connect with becoming closer to a friend that way. They both are in long-term relationships and their primary partner is central to their time spent. But I also hear stories from them about how they make time for one-on-ones with others. Love you both. Party of five. Needy, I mean, look, needy, needy. You clearly, and I'm gonna, I'm just gonna say it. Not nice. I guess Ron, you are too I intense. Are I guess you are too intense. It didn't read that way, but you kept saying it, so I, I don't know what's going on. But I will say this: I didn't at any point hear you say that you have invited them out one on one to do something, and that they have said no. I have I didn't hear you say I invited Michael to come out with me for dinner and he wouldn't or I invited Seth to come out with me to dinner and he wouldn't or whatever. I, I invited so and so to get a drink with me and he wouldn't one on one. I didn't hear you say that. Um and I guess like if you have not made that effort it might be worth looking into making that effort A but B you don't have to be close friends with five people in that way. The fact that yeah. you are very close friends with two people one on one is Great. I mean, I, I think it's odd for someone to have a big group of best friends. You know what I mean? Like you really only connect with a few people on that level in your life, I think, you know, oh, at a time. Just maybe. hearing about this sounds horrible to me. It really does. Yeah. Which, by the way, I do have to say that there can be a thing with like gay cis male friendships in groups that can feel very teenage because you've been so stunted from being able to express those friendships before, or at least in some cases growing up. Like, I don't know, my mom was like very aware if I was ever hanging out with anyone who's like even slightly effeminate or anyone she would perceive as that, that like there can be a thing of, oh, I didn't really know who I was before. Now I know who I am. I've been working out. I have this great body. I'm a mean girl all of a sudden, and I get to sort of pick and choose who I want to hang out with. That is a thing that exists. Uh, but because I mean, it's sort of just I mean, honestly, that sounds stunted. quite lovely to me. If you if what you're saying is if a if a if a more tender way to put that, Brian, is to say that uh, you get to relive your adolescence a little bit. It, because you didn't get to do it at the time because you were either worried about what people thought of you, worried about what you, there wasn't a space in your, it's hard to have honest, literally. close friendships. It wasn't a yeah. basement that you could all hang out in. And, and you also you were willing to admit who you were, but someone else wasn't, or they didn't know who they were yet or whatever it is. But that, that a lot of people miss that experience, which it's, mm-hmm. and a lot of people in college miss that experience too, which was, how lovely for you that you have five wonderful male friends in your 20s or 30s. I mean, like your Palm Springs group or whatever it is that you can. And I'm talking about this guy having the five friends. Brian has 500 friends. But that you can go and have these nice little clusters and hang out and have those wonderful conversations, experiences, fun, cook, board games, whatever it is that you didn't get to have before. I mean, anyone in life is lucky to have that at any stage, but- I know the fact that you have a solid group of friends is pretty fantastic. I think this one-on-one business is overrated. This has something to do with you and your own 
how you perceive your value and self-worth to other people. You are waiting for other people to tell you what you're worth. And if you can't get people trying to pin you down for a one-on-one, you think it means you're not worth something to them. And maybe what you're worth is exactly this lovely thing that you described to us, which is a terrific friend to hang out with in this group, to cook, to do games, to go to bars or go on vacation or whatever people do. How lovely. But And by the way, these people, you say these people sober or not sober tell you how much they love you. That means that they mean it, you know, they do love you and they your, love being with you, but yes, you but yeah. your rules of engagement are getting caught up with your own self-esteem. And mm-hmm. what you really need to do is take a step back and say, how lucky am I to have this? And then I feel exactly the same way about these people, but I don't need to sit down and say, tell me the name of every person you work with. Oh, tell mm-hmm. me about what happened to you when, when you were eight or, you know, some people, only have one or two truly close friends that know their sort of inner core. And then you're very lucky to have these other concentric circles of friendship and that you take something wonderful from those friendships. So you would absolutely be there for these people if you needed them and, and vice versa, but you don't want to spend every day. It's sort of an immature thing to spend. You sort of put that time in when you're either in your teens or your twenties or even in your early thirties to be known by other people. And then that sort of sustains you for the rest of your life where you think, Oh, that was my friend. That's why my one friend from college who I love blank knows me better than anyone else because they knew you at various stages of your life, et cetera, et cetera. They don't really want that relationship with you. doesn't mean that they don't love you. They've told you they do, but everyone doesn't have to do everything on your terms. This this person needs to recontextualize these friendships for mm-hmm. the good thing that they are. It's mm-hmm. it's this good group of friends, and maybe that's all these people are going to be, and that's fine. Like they can be part of this really good friend group that you have. Um, I I have some friends who I wish I was closer with, and they just it's not going to happen. And that's it's not going to happen. That's no. okay. It's I I still love them. I cherish them. And whenever I get to see them in a friend group, it's it's wonderful. And then you have Stephanie Rossi. Yeah. Kristen Rossi. Kristen Um, Rossi. Yeah. And like she's she's my best friend. I'm not her best friend. And that's (gasps) fine. It's who is? (laughs) Well, she has her her best friend is she has a friend from kindergarten. And like I I can't compete with that. And I wouldn't want to. And (laughs) I could dwell on the fact that she's never going to be my best friend or I could. Oh, Kristen, you better you better take notes, honey. This (laughs) is not being said casually. (laughs) it's freaking out your ears (laughs) i it's i could i could dwell on the fact that you know we're not best friends or she is your best friend yes you you are you're just not her best maybe you're just not her oldest friend that's true like it's we're we're past the age where you know best friends are a thing like you can have different best friends and i'm i'm certainly one of her best friends you're very close Well, friends. we don't know that. Mm-hmm. We don't actually know I that. guess we don't know that. Yeah, yeah. Brian, text Kristen and find out what the real <laughs> story is. But the, uh, I will. But yes, I think that it's a juvenile worldview. And I think, that, but the thing that really worries me, I mean, we're being a little hot on you, but the thing that really worries me is you're actually being quite hot on yourself. 
which is that you are putting so much stock in the whims of these people who, for all we know, uh, you know, security guards that work at night that don't have time to have dinner with you. I mean, I don't know, or mm-hmm. have someone in their family that's not well, or just got a new dog or, you know, they don't have time for whatever and this day relationship to day, is people you want can't with them. talk to that many people in a day, you know, and be, and do that sort of thing. And it takes how a long time to get casual with people. How wonderful that you're close friends with them and that you have this wonderful social life. And that two of them, you do hang out with one-on-one. That's a lot. That is a lot. Some people do not have the social stamina to to have yeah. that many one-on-one I relationships. I love that phrase, five, social stamina. You're five, absolutely right. like, solo ra- relationships feels exhausting to No, me. I'm ready to go yes. to bed just thinking about it. I have Brian, and that's all I need in my whole life. <laughs> I've got my Rana. I have three people that, like, I can just text with when I need to and call when I need to and – Rana, Stephanie, my friend Jesse in New York. Those are sort of the three. And no, it's I'm I feel very really, lucky for I'm it. not really on that short list. Yes, you he are. He has to say that because of the show and it's That's contractual and absolutely contractual. And there's, you know, the issues with no. HR that we're not really getting into right now. Oh, well, that actually that, is yeah. true, Rana. So, <laughs> yeah. but it's true. But it's, I've been able, and what you also need to do, this is just advice for other people, separate how you feel about someone in a professional way, which for me is bad blood, and how you feel about them personally. <laughs> I happen to love Rana personally, but working together, Not crazy I have a bad. lot of issues. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, that's too bad. I'm sorry. That's okay. That. No, they're going to get resolved because I sent all those emails, Rana. Oh, yeah. HR. HR at askrana.com. Way to, yeah. yeah, so they're no, going to get resolved. They're, they're in the queue. That. They're in the queue. Yeah. Uh, but it's true. You very. It sounds like you're very fortunate to have a lot of very nice friends. Why don't you focus on that instead of focusing how you're not enough for everybody to want to spend one-on-one with you? Life gets in the way, dear. You have to to understand that as we get older, even when you have a terrific partner, I mean, then then your social stamina, as Adam says, which is a terrific phrase. Plummets. It gets even smaller because then you're spending, you you have to go home to this person and ask them how their day was. Guess what else I don't want to do? Ask you how your day was. Yeah. So I don't need to hear it twice. I already had to think no. about how my day was. I'm tired of talking. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes you know. some people just don't really do well in in one-on-one situations like that. They need a social buffer. They need, yeah. you know, a friend group to really shine. And that doesn't say anything about the letter writer. It doesn't mean he's mm-hmm. intense. It just means that maybe these people, you know, can't really do those one-on-one situations yeah. as well. Yeah. But you this have to, probably you, you has have nothing to, to do with you. Stop trying to bend the universe to your will. Accept it mm-hmm. the way that it is and be very grateful for what you have is what I would say. Uh, Brian, it's that time. Uh, Adam, boy, are you lucky because you get to be one of three people to decide who gets a gift this week. <laughs> I'm sure you're familiar with this process. We do a quick recap of the questions, and then Rana and I send something nice to whoever we think, I don't want to say deserves it, but you say it, Rana, whoever we like, whoever we, we, we take a, a shine to. We get a feeling for. And I'll tell yeah. you what the gift is this week. Okay. Well, it could be one of two things. It could either be mm-hmm. 2,000 boxes of Girl Scout cookies from Phoebe. Oh, God. Okay. 
It's pretty good. <laughs> or 10, whatever it is. 10 boxes of sure. Moscow cookies. Or Brian gave to me for my birthday the most delicious chocolate-covered orange peel Oh, I thought Toy you were going to give those away. Okay. And I'm tempted to send that to someone, especially But not the light- ones I sent you. You're not, you're not re-gifting those. Well- I've had enough of them, but the, uh, so I'm going to send half a box of half <laughs> orange peels. No, they're absolutely scrumptious. If you don't mind I'm so glad. saying, and they're, and, and with all this romance and having sex all over Europe and Southeast Asia that came on the podcast today, this is just a lovely, it's a, it's a absolute feast for the, for the nose, the mouth, the senses. It's a, Beautiful little cup of coffee in the morning, of course, and ask Rana coffee is what I recommend. But they are just absolutely gorgeous. And I would consider sending those to them if we think this person really deserves it. But let's see who I'm so glad you enjoyed them. Got a feeling for gorgeous, absolutely gorgeous, a sensual pleasure. Adam. I'm going to send some to Adam now that I talked about them. I love this. Yeah. If he'll share his address with me, I don't know. He he may not want the ghost to. be able to find him in his new place. Oh, that's true. That's true. No, yeah. yeah. I, I'll I'll send you all my information, whatever you okay. whatever you want. <laughs> send you my so, birth certificate. Adam, are we, what you- <laughs> are we going to give this to um, the French lovers, lover, the mm-hmm. woman who wrote in? Yeah. Are we going to give this to the shy one in the family? Or are we going to give this to the person struggling in one-on-one friendships? Oh, gosh, that's hard. Um because I, I feel like the shy one could use them uh, either as a as a sort of a a bargaining chip or a you know even just some some snack to watch the show, um, and also the the person the person who who wants these one on one relationships it could be it could be a way to you know do you want to come over and eat some. No, no, we're not delicious. facilitating. Oh, that's right. You know how that This guy has tried, you. and everyone has said, no, thank you, Adam. And he yeah. has to accept that on some level. You're right. So I think he I'm going to go with the shy one. He can bring whatever he wants to game night. He goes to game night all the time. He has plans right. all the time, this guy. He just wants True. one-on-one plans with people. Yeah, okay. So I, I guess my answer is the the shy one then. It sounds like, it sounds like she needs it. Brian, do you vote for the shy one as well? I think so, but I'm actually dying to hear what you're going to say. <laughs> I think Brian is tempted to send it to the lovers and to tell them I to am. to feast on this love as long as it it to chase this dragon as long as it'll let you until it hides down an alley and it, and poof it's gone. That's what I think. I am very tempted to do that, and I'll tell you also why. And this is a little bit of Rana in me. Uh-huh. This is when I know I've had a Rana infusion this morning. Uh-huh. Rana, I'm going to say it and we can cut it. Rana needs people to take a little bit of personal responsibility and gut up every now and then. And the shy one and the one-on-one relationships are not helping themselves right now. It's I mean, true. they will be. But I feel like Rana would have a problem giving it to one of those two. And I could be dead wrong, and we can cut that because I don't. You're know. I'm happy to. Cool. I'm happy to switch my vote. I. I you don't have to switch your vote. You can get outvoted here. That's the thing. 
But I want to, but I, but I, I'd rather switch my vote than be outvoted. I don't want to be left but out. But don't you wish, Adam, don't you wish that you could be a part of this fantasy in France? He wants a one-on-one. He wants a two-on-one with the people in Malaysia is what, is what he wants. Uh, but all the lovers say is like, oh, and then there was the night we got those child, I'll never, for, she'll be 95 years old. We want to be part of the story. That's the truth. Mm-hmm. Talking to her nurse, like in the notebook. Yeah. And saying, and then I got a box of chocolates. <laughs> we want to be part of the story. It's true. But I'll tell you what, I'm going to do two things. I'm going to send the Toishas to uh, a friend in in uh, Southeast Asia. Because I agree, let's all be part of that story. Why not? Why shan't we be Well, I don't be know who's going to get story. them there, Rana. I'm not going over there right now. Well, we'll send Tony. We'll, fig- we'll figure it out. Okay. But we are going to send something to the shy one. Because I think the shy one has something deeper that she needs to explore, and I want to yeah, encourage her. Right. And so we're going to. And by the way, this her... is a familiar problem. The shy one, just so you know, there's no yes. shame in this game. But we're going to send her. We're going to send her some Girl Scout cookies from Fee, because then we're going to kill two birds That's with one stone. Great. That's a fun and we're gonna, snack. And we uh, ask Ron is going to make a donation. I just want to remind everyone to to Michael Erdbrink's Polar Plunge. Yes. So the people will be able to find our link. Uh, we didn't tell Adam about this because he wasn't with us, but Emma, who edit, fabulous Emma, who edits our podcast, her brother is a special Olympian, and every year he does a polar plunge. And because of the pandemic, he hasn't been able to do it with his friends. So they're doing it wherever they are. They're doing it in Canabungport, Maine. And this kid is so adorable. You can't stand it. You can see him on Emma's Instagram, Emma Tree, who, who we follow. Uh, we only follow about six people. So if they're trying yeah. to find it, they'll be able to find it that way. Uh, true, true. And uh, in any event, so we're going to do a do- we're going to do a donation there too. Okay, so then we figured it out there. Now the question is: Is Adam going to stay for the cliffhanger? And I think we all know the answer is yes. Of course, I have literally nothing else to do. I oh, I don't. Come on, I don't. I don't believe that either. You have nothing else. To- you are the absolute busiest person that ever lived. I, I was going to say you're clearly incredibly I, prolific. I, I made sure I I made sure my my partner left the entire apartment so he wouldn't be here to bother me. I I'm I'm here for you and you alone. I have to say I don't know how you get it all done. Do you work all? You seem to me to be the busiest, most prolific person. Total. T- same. Yeah, I I mean the no. The answer is no. I feel like I don't actually work as as hard as it seems. How I, could you possibly you lo- produce that much content that only comes out of your brain and your fingertips? Yeah, it's. I don't. I don't know. I don't. Well, maybe if you worked a little harder, Adam, you would be Kristen's best friend. Did you ever think of that? That's true. That's that's what. I, that's how I'm going to fill the <laughs> the remaining hours of the day. And I do Thinking have a question. About that. After we end this podcast, yeah. are you going to? Weep or pleasure yourself? Both. Good. Not at, I have the, to at the same time. Answer. Uh, <laughs> my question to you is: What's the breakfast that you get from your local coffee shop that you take home to heat up? Oh, um, there's. They have this little egg white wrap that I that I get. I'm not a big breakfast eater, um, so I usually try to to keep it small, and then I just go absolutely nuts at dinner time. Really. Mm-hmm. I'm the same do way. Do you cook or do you order or what's your, what kind of, a, what's a, a chicken and biscuits? What are we eating? <laughs> no. 
Um, Chicken I, and biscuits. I, I mean, don't cook. What's going nuts at dinner time? That's my question. Yeah, I, I always order dinner. I never, I never make dinner for You're myself. You're a true New and I Yorker. Always, yeah. yeah I, Fruit Loops French toast. No, it's <laughs> always DoorDash, and it's it's always there's always a, an appetizer and a main course and a dessert. So excuse me, Singapore noodles. That sounds amazing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you have a good Singapore noodle place? Um, I don't. There's there's a. I don't. There, there is a place that I order Singapore noodles from, but it's it's only about a B, so I don't want to. Yeah. I don't want to suggest it. I love which Chinese which food in uh, New York. app do you use for delivery? Or do you call straight to the restaurant? And I know that sounds like a boring question, but I'm genuinely curious. I I I, I use DoorDash or Caviar, which are now the same thing the same. for the, the most same. part. Yeah. yeah, but there are right. there are some good restaurants on Caviar that aren't on the DoorDash app. Yeah. What's your yeah, top restaurant right now in Brooklyn? Where are you loving yeah. eating from what, in what's Brooklyn? What's the dish you can't get enough yes. of, baby? Oh this is your there's, Grub Street. There's yes. um so there's a it's it sounds like nothing but there's this Thai restaurant uh I think I knew it. I'm not sure I was where it getting is. Getting an Asian noodle vibe from you. I, I can't explain <laughs> it. <laughs> it's it's called One More Charm. Um it's uh it's they have it's Thai food and they also have bubble tea and it sounds like it would be nothing. Um, but it's, it's the best Thai food I've, I've ever had. And I've been to Thailand Yum. and it's, it's better than most of the stuff. I Wow. What Northern or Southern Thailand? Um, food. Gosh, Rana. Northern has more curries. Right. It's, I want to, I, I want to say it's both. They have a really extensive Midwestern. menu. One um, more charm. What a cute name. I know. We're going to really... celebrate. Yeah, One yeah. more charm. Charm. We're gonna celebrate. <laughs> One Thai more time. That song has lasted forever. <laughs> no kidding. Uh, that song was almost popular when I was young. Okay. Shall we read our cliffhanger? I would love to, Ronner. Yes. I think you're reading it, Ronner. And Adam, before we go, tell people what your Patreon is and what your Instagram oh, yes. is. Not like you need the help. Um, yeah, my so my Instagram is is Adam Tots, like Tater Tots. Um, mm-hmm. and if you, if you follow me there, you'll, you'll stay abreast of, of everything I'm doing. Um, Patreon is, is the same thing. It's Adam Tots. It's technically not safe for work, so you can't oh. search it. You have to get a link for it. Oh. Um, oh. they haven't caught, they haven't caught us yet on not safe for work. This show couldn't be less safe for work, if you ask me. But. <laughs> I think it's safe for work, Rana. Okay. Fat, 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 Certain, fat, fat. certain types of work. <laughs> The sex True. work, exactly. Dear right. Ron, normalize sex work, normalize Patreon. Thank you. Dear Ron O'Brien, an honored guest. Know you. This person's an American. Your podcast is a sheer delight, and I'm so pleased to have you both in my life for an hour each week. This is sort of a long letter, so okay. Okay, buckle Plus, up. Brian, for another hour, because attitudes, and hopefully a third hour soon for groceries. Five stars, five stars, five stars. My issue. By the way, I just want to say something right now. Attitudes was not following Ask Rana on Twitter. I love that you think I have anything to do with that. They only followed us yesterday. And Paul F. Tompkins, the exact same thing happened to him. And he wrote a sassy reply. He captioned it and wrote back and said something about why was today the day that they'd finally decided to follow him back. And they said they put a funny gift that said just catching up. It was very funny. Good. 
Uh, so whoever's doing it is doing a funny job, but it cracked me up. That Showtime Chimaco, Sergio Lopez. Shout out, baby. We love oh, you. Oh, Showtime. Yeah. Um, fabulous. But it was very cute. The gift was very cute. Um, yeah. I have been estranged from my brother. Let's call him Jeremy for the last seven-ish years. There's only a year's age difference between us. We're both mid-30s now for context. And for he excised me from his life. We, nice usage. We were ext- That means cut out. We were extremely close. Sure, exercise, yeah. (laughs) It's tough to convey. Uh Well, I've been watching a lot of Mary catching up on real. I keep forgot to say on Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, and she keeps using the wrong word. And instead of saying "wallowed" today, she said, "I don't wobble in it." Instead of wallowing in it. So anyway, listen, wobble is a sexy word. She doesn't wobble in it. It's yeah. tough to convey the full shape of this without a long backstory, but here is my most succinct summation. He'd completely stopped talking to my mother after he felt she was not supportive enough of him during a hard breakup. I felt that he was being unfair to her, but kept my mouth shut about it, partly because he was going through a tough time, but primarily because I knew this was how he dealt with people. If you cross him, there's no confrontation. You're just dead to him. He had done it to me in the past, but for relatively short periods of time. Not wanting to go through that again, it's painful. I didn't plead my mother's case or try to get involved. That changed slightly after one of my mother's sisters passed away. That's called an aunt. When he called to ask me about a funeral, (laughs) I suggested he may want to speak with our mother before showing up to our aunt's memorial service. It had been almost two years since he had last spoken to my mom, and I didn't think dealing with her sister's untimely passing while being ignored by her estranged son sounded great for her. Good for you. Caretaker. The suggestion that he tell her personally if he was planning on attending the memorial was the thing that kicked off these years of estrangement. Wait a minute, what? The suggestion that he tell her personally. Oh, so you put your nose in and then he told you to butt out, I guess. Quick side story. When I called him crying and apparently somewhat unintelligent unintelligible to say that our aunt had died, he misheard me, oh boy, and thought I said, mom died. He spent the afternoon believing that to be the case until he saw something on social media that cleared it up. So in all caps, he believed his mother had died. And once he realized she was alive, he didn't bother trying to reconcile. Does my use of all caps convey the sense that I, uh, that I think there might be something very wrong with him emotionally. I hope well, so. Well, the fact that he didn't call anyone or text anyone when he to verify it. Yeah. Mom died. That's all I need. Yeah. <laughs> Since that time, my mom made some overtures and they've built back a relationship so much that he currently lives with her, side eye. Now here comes the crux of my issue. She wants me to reconcile with him or at least relent to being around him. For a little while, it seemed like maybe things between us were moving in a chilly but civil direction. I've been around him occasionally for family events. He came to my wedding, invited very much at my mom's insistence, and he didn't talk to me the entire time. Does that qualify as civil? I don't know. But after I had a baby last year, he didn't say or do anything to recognize that fact. I'm not interested in ever being in the same room. Turns out it's simply too hurtful to be treated like I don't exist by someone I used to consider my best friend. I think because people in my family understand that if they push too hard on Jeremy, he'll simply cut them out. They're relying on me to be the reasonable one. As far as I'm concerned, there's only one thing that will resolve the situation and it's acknowledgement and apology from him. 
he will free, free Zopa first. My mom has indicated how unlikely she thinks an apology is, but it is still becoming more and more, insi- but it's still becoming more and more insistent that we must eventually end this estrangement. We has an exclamation point after it. Oh, sorry, that we, I, must eventually end this estrangement. I feel that I'm being put in a really unfair position. It was confronting Jeremy. It was confronting Jeremy about my mom's feelings that even put me in this situation to begin with. As a mom now myself, I get why she felt the need to reconcile with Jeremy, and I'm not begrudging her that. But I do resent being asked to swallow all the hurt he caused me and just get over it. I guess ultimately my question is, how do I maintain the boundaries I need to I need between Jeremy and myself without damaging my relationship with my mom. I also dearly wish we could all be a family again, but it's kind of like the BTK killers kids wishing he didn't kill all those people. Is it? In what way, dear? It's just not the reality we're living in. That's the way. The thought of Jeremy being an uncle to my son is appalling and probably the thing my mom is holding out the most hope for. I know this was too long. I'm sorry. Love you both. Jay. Patreon.com slash askrana will answer that and more. With Head over cliff to the hang- carriage with house. Cliffhangers like that. How do we not have 30,000 followers? That's my question. Honest to God. Yeah. Maybe I should start drawing comics, Rana. Definitely. Let's add that they're to They're not going to be good. Yeah, no, no, no. They're not going to be good, though. Yeah. Um, Adam, dear, it was so lovely to spend some time with you. It really was. You're fabulous. He has been such a supporter of this show from the very beginning. He is a lot. Every now and again, we'll get a cute DM where he tells us what's going on, that he bought something on the Ronica list and how it's going. I love it. I always love seeing you pop up in our inbox. I really, if I, if I send you a message every single time I wanted to, it would be unbearable. So you'd be, you'd be Ajahn Kvasnikov. I would, and I'm trying really right. hard to. to, to <laughs> that gives a slippery a slope to me. Distance. You should. Arjant and I have such not, a history. Well, it's fine. It, that's that is explosive. It's combustible. Adam, we should keep our relationship uncomplicated. Um, Adam, <laughs> you can write to us anytime you want. I love hearing from you. I love your you're, thoughts. I love Adam, your you're links. Like truly I like fabulous. everything about you. And, and I like your Benjamin artist. Now that the floodgates are open, I'll I'll be DMing you. You are my best friend, but Kristen is not my best friend. <laughs> Any friend of Kristen's is a friend of mine. So Any your best, best friend. friend of Kristen's is a best friend of mine. So unfortunately, you don't quite feel that. Okay. It's I, I accept <laughs> that. I will not try to make you something that you're not interested in. I'm um, only interested, Adam. I think you're brilliant. You're Thank absolutely you so wonderful. We love tar- having you with the Carriage House. Join us, everyone, February 12th. We're doing the Carriage House Lonely Hats Valentine's Live. The link, uh, askronalive.com. And we can't wait. And tinyurl.phoebecookies. URL, and go to Amateur. I'm sorry to interrupt, but I did buy 15 boxes of Phoebe cookies. And I do want credit for that. 15 boxes? And 15 are you boxes. expecting well, her to deliver them in person? Or did you have them shipped no. to you? They were already delivered. They it only took a couple days, and I'm well, you know, about halfway through them. Fabulous. Adam, I hope you're being accurate with your story because Rana does go back and check. I she absolutely checked the cookie counter. She and noticed I had Scarlett to... Curtis had not quite ordered yet, and she yeah. she shouted that well, out. Scarlett Curtis claimed to order them on the show. So, oh, that's what it was. Yeah, 
If she doesn't want that kind of reputation, she's going to have to follow. <laughs> no, I did. It's it's accurate. I I did buy I did buy that many, and I'm going to buy more because I didn't get the kinds that I wanted to. You didn't get the Adventurefuls. Um, I did. I didn't like them as much as I was hoping. I yeah. have four you. boxes of Adventure they weren't my favorites. They're, just, they're not for what me. What about so the tagalongs? Did you get those? I don't. Oh, I God, don't. Yes. I've had those before. I, they're not my favorite. Um, so what did really you liked, get that you wanted? I got the s'mores, which I I liked more than I thought. So I oh, need to I get never some get more of those. S'mores. Yeah. Um, and my favorite actually is the toffee tastic, the gluten free ones. Which really? Is, oh, I've never yeah. tasted those. Maybe I'll Neither order some I. more. They're, they're, you know. Now I have to order again. They're, they're, they're like a, I do lean toward like a dry English tea cookie. Oh yeah. You like a, a snickerdoodle. Yeah. And they're, the short they're good. They're, the short they're, bready. Yes. They're like, like all a sandy is. cookie. You should send those yeah. to, uh, send them to Stephanie Bryan. If the sandy, she'll like them. They're a little dusty. All I know is. I like them. <laughs> she likes a all dusty is- sandy cake. You know what, Rana? That's enough with that. <laughs> All I can say is this. Those Girl Scout cookies came into this house, and it was a weekend of 13 Monkeys slash American Horror Story Season 2 in here. I mean, I really went through every emotion. Like, I was locked in a cage. Every box and every emotion. Every single one, Rana. Congratulations. Most, like, three of the boxes I chewed and then spit up. Not vomited, but just <laughs> uh, spit them out. Because I, I just couldn't stop. I needed it, you know? All right, you too. Anyway. Let's end on that high note, shall we? I would love to, Rana. <laughs> kiss, kiss. Bye. the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.